The views expressed in this podcast belong solely to Brown Girl Health team members and Instagram account at Garky Power. This podcast is not intended to support discrimination against anyone. All information in this podcast is based on credible sources. And after this podcast, you can access our sources on our blog post. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Brown Girl Health Podcast. My name is Amik and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. I would like to encourage you all to join the Brown Girl Health community by following us on Instagram at brown.girl.health and thank you for the recent 2K followers and Twitter at BGH Tweets and subscribing to our YouTube channel. There are links in the description as well. In today's episode, I will be talking about the farmers' protest, the biggest protest that took place in world's history. To talk and dissect more about the situation, we've invited guest speaker Ishana at Gar Key Power on Instagram to speak about the situation. Ishana, take it away. Hi, my name is Ishana Kang. I am a freshman at the University of the Sciences. I come from a family of farmers, so my family and I have felt very strongly about the injustices occurring right now. We've been trying to do as much as we could to help, even from here, spreading awareness, educating the community, and attending rallies, as well as organizing one in Edison. So I've heard quite a bit about the farmers' protests that's been happening in India, but there seems to be a lot of misconception, misunderstanding surrounding the situation. Can you tell us a little bit more about why these protests are happening, and hasn't this been in the news for a while? Yeah, so it all started September 20th, 2020, when the Indian parliament passed three bills known as the Farmer Bills. Right at that, the protests began. Gradually, the protests started moving towards Delhi around October, and that's where the saying Delhi Cello started. And um, around November 26th, there were roughly 250 million people protesting in support of the farmers, making it the largest protest in human history. Um, these same protesters have been living in, camped out at the Delhi borders for the past three or more months. And that's still going on right now. Could you tell us what this legislation really means? Yeah, well, I do recommend going online and reading the bills. You can find PDFs of them on prsindia.org. But to give a brief overview of them, the first one is called the Farmers Produce Trace Trade and Commerce Bill. The way it used to be was that farmers would sell their produce using the Monday system or AMPC. And this system was honestly already flawed. However, instead of the government finding ways to help these, these farmers, they have decided to pass policies that are making everything even more difficult for them. The AMPC would buy farmers produce at an MSP or a minimum support price. This gave farmers like a little bit of stability, honestly, but sadly the first bill comes with the extinction of the Monday. So not only are people going to be losing jobs, but now farmers will have to sell directly to these bigger companies who have the ability to dictate how much they want to buy the produce for. And another issue that a lot of farmers are talking about is that currently there are two or three Mondays at least that are near most farms or villages. With that now not being an option, they will have to find ways of transporting their produce to the new buyers. This is taking more money out of their pockets when they aren't being paid enough to begin with. Now the second and third bills are on contract farming and essential commodities. They basically give all the power to corporations that are buying the farmer's produce. The bill allows big companies to store as many commodities as they want, which will lead to farmers being paid less money. 
And it's sad because the government is allowing big corporations to destroy hardworking families. And a lot of people don't see it like that. Thank you for breaking down those bills so nicely. I know I've been reading a lot in the media and I haven't seen an explanation as um, understandable and digestible as yours. So I really appreciate that. I've also noticed the hashtag Kisan Majdur Ekta Zindabadan. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that a little off, but it's being thrown around a lot. So that took a little bit of Googling for me, but can you explain that hashtag to people? Yes. So Kisan means farmers. Mazdur is a word used to label hard workers or laborers, and Ikta Zindabad means long live. So altogether, Kisan Mazdur Ikta Zindabad means long live farmers and laborers. And it's honestly one of the most important sayings right now, just because this movement is all about giving power to those who are constantly being stripped of it. For sure. I also saw there was like a tie to casteism with some of these terms. And I think that was really interesting as well, because a lot of the times in India, you see that silencing happen. Um, So yeah, this, this hashtag is amazing. Something even more noteworthy is that this farming legislation doesn't seem to just affect the farmers in India or in Punjab, the agricultural industry all over India has a lot of flaws. And from what I've been hearing that is that this new legislation doesn't do good to any farmer in India. Yeah, it's actually been seen that lots of farmers from South India were also trying to protest and join in, but they were being arrested or stopped. And this is the reason why I think Punjab has been protesting the most recently is because they were one of the last states to be given these bills passed on them and it's not just them like you can find a lot of the media isn't covering this but there are farmers from all over the country protesting this for sure and i think um something that i've noticed as like a sick and punjabi is um that a lot of my like circle will have these posts going up and there's this constant thing in the media that it's becoming more of a religious thing than a farmer's thing but um do you do you think that's true from what you've seen so Honestly, I've been really disgusted by the way the Indian media chooses to portray the Sikhs specifically who are protesting. Um, None of it's new. We've seen it for years. However, this movement started solely to advocate against the oppressive bills that were passed to hurt farmers of all of India. It was never a religious movement, but being that majority of the protests were Sikhs from Punjab, the government and media decided to make it seem like that was what our intentions were. It was almost like every time Sikhs try to speak up about anything, the media throws the word Khalistani terrorist around in a way to silence us. That That's really true, and I think something else that's been, uh, or two things that have been really hot in the news have been, like, one on Republic Day, uh, there was the Nishan Saib, the, the Sikh flag was put on to the Red Fort, and then there was the whole hashtag free Juggy now resurfaced. D- do you want to talk a little bit about both of those? Yes. So for those who don't know, Free Juggy Now started in 2017 when British citizen Jagdar Singh Johal was arrested when he went to India for his wedding. The allegations that were against him were that he was involved in Khalistani organizations that were killing far right wing Hindu leaders. They arrested him with no evidence to support their claims. He's been in, he's been stuck in jail ever since. He even released letters through his attorney of him being describing the brutal torture he's going through. They beat him, shock him, and even stated how he was left in solitary confinement for days. 
His brother, Gurpreet Johal, spoke with BBC, and there's an article about it, and he stated that his brother is a peaceful activist, and he believes that he only got arrested simply due to the fact that he had written about the historical human rights violations against Sikhs in India. And just this week, Jesse was formed, uh, forced to sign a blank confession, which was has him now facing the death penalty. And basically, they're trying to kill him for a crime that he never committed. And his home country has done nothing to help him. And the Indian government is in a constant cycle of just silencing sick voices. Even on Republic Day... Um, First of all, Khalistan has nothing to do with the protests or the farmers. And it's sad that, and it's honestly sad that Khalistan is even considered a terror, terrorist group because there are groups like RSS, um, which is a far right wing Hindu, national, Hindu nationalist paramilitary legal organization. And they are Hindu supremacists who have constantly incited violence against minority religions in India, yet they have never been considered a terrorist group. Um, even it's almost like every Indian news outlet was spreading fake news about how protesters during Republic Day were Khalistanis and how they put up the Khalistan flag at Red Fort, even though it was the Nishan Sahib. And it's like they just think, oh, protesting six, they must be Khalistanis. If the Nishan Sahib is a Khalistani symbol, then even the Prime Minister Modi is a Khalistani for having the Nishan Sahib in the Republic Day parade. You know, I find that very interesting because you talked about the RSS a little bit and like tying back to the whole idea of health, there was a doctor that actually came from New Jersey and went to the, the protests at um, the Singu border in Delhi and he was uh, helping like farmers with like medical needs and then the RSS came and attacked their whole clinic um, and there was a whole interview about that. So that's a really interesting point that you brought up as well. Yeah, um, it's actually the Delhi police right now is offering actual cash rewards to anyone who turns in some of the protesters they're looking for. People like Deep Sidhu and there's lots of others that they're trying to find because they were protesting at Red Fort. But these terrorists, the actual terrorists who are attacking people at the borders are roaming free when these other people who are protesting for the rights of farmers are hiding from the police. So from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of fake news being circulated. How do we know what is the fake news and if that is the case and where can we get actual news from? So yeah, a lot of the news outlets in India are owned by larger corporations and they're spreading a lot of false news. And honestly, even here in the US, there was recently a New York Times article that was pretty uh, inaccurate. They only spoke about how the farmers were violent during the Red Fort protest or it wasn't even a red fort protest it was a tractor rally uh opposing the republic day parade but they were actually the um protesters were um led to red fort by the police and in the article they talk about how the farmers were violent and how the police were the ones who were harmed in all this and they make the police sound super innocent and they never even talk about how it was actually the police that led the farmers to Red Fort. And they don't talk about how the police started the violence. They don't talk about Navneet Singh, who was actually shot twice by the police that day. And he now actually sadly passed away due to all of that. And they're continuing to cover all of this up. Um, it's already been really difficult to get international media to cover the protests and for New York Times to release something as damaging as this was pretty um, hurtful, especially with their large platform. 
But um, on a more positive note, just yesterday, starting with Rihanna, multiple large influencers like Greta Thunberg, Amanda Cerny, and others spoke up in support of our farmers, which was amazing. And this is exactly what raising awareness does. It gets people talking about this. And these were just international supporters. Our own Bollywood actors haven't even spoken up about all of this, which is horrible. But you can find a lot of social media accounts on Instagram and even um actual like journalists who are talking about like the real what's actually happening the people who are there on the front stage watching it all happen i think something that really bothered me because i was such a huge bollywood fan and you see that some actors specifically profit off of like uh, movies that have to do with like Punjabi culture and farming like for example Akshay Kumar with Sing is King and Sing is Bling and then like a bunch of weird movies like that. Um, and then you would think that like actors like that would have a little more compassion towards something that they profit off of or even have familiar background like tied to something like agriculture and farming. I'm pretty sure that he comes from like a Punjabi family. Um, so that that was disheartening for me because there's this whole idea about like does it matter what an actor's political view is because you're viewing them for like their movies but then it's like the movies that they create are um specifically towards that so those are my thoughts towards bollywood recently yeah i agree um honestly when you think about it it's just because they care really more about the money going into their pockets than like the people who are actually working hard and i hope they just realize that like they're not the food that they're eating every day the money that they're making they're profiting off of punjabi culture they're profiting off of every hard worker that is working under them and they continue to forget about that but i have to add like from the punjabi industry like emmy vick diljit dosan these common punjabi singers they've been doing a great job of like standing up for whatever they believe in and like their their like punjabi like farming like heritage because there was this whole twitter battle with gangna ranaut and diljit dosan i went pretty viral at the beginning of the protests and then you see gangna um uh, trying to fight Rihanna <laughs> on Twitter now and I thought that was really funny um but yeah at the same time like it, it's really interesting to see celebrities because I feel like the more coverage that something like this has the more people realize it's an actually like pretty serious issue um but on top of that I think other than celebrities journalists are really important and you did mention that a lot of like the news that's being circulated comes from bigger corporations that don't necessarily have like real news um and then it's really interesting because independent journalists that have been prioritizing more accurate news like the caravan have been uh, blocked on Twitter and Instagram um I think sorry just Twitter um they their accounts have been suspended and things like that and I think it came up recently and they're, they're back to normal but that was also very much of a red flag when it comes to news and media yeah just the fact that they were suspended in the first place was horrible because it's silencing the voices of people who are trying to speak up and not even just like twitter um has suspended accounts even instagram like sick expo has had some of their instagram posts taken down when then there's actual like horrible posts that are up and those that discriminate against people those are still up and um yeah talking more on like the journalists they are being arrested actually right now there are videos of one journalist mandeep punia who was dragged away by the police and that was a day after he published a video exposing them for the mistreatment that they've been displaying against those protesting um 
good luckily he's been out now but there are so many more journalists still in custody not being allowed bail which is insane it's almost like the government is clearly telling us that we are not allowed free speech unless they agree with us just to add on i think um, another interesting video that surfaced was rupee core posted and i'm sure this video has been out there but i saw it on her page um of this Dalit like activist like labor um no thief core and she talked a lot about like how this un- this whole movement is like solidifying the union between kisans and laborers and um she really spoke out about what's happening and all these injustices and then i read recently that she's been in jail for the past like 20 days and there has been a lot of like sexual assault that's been against her and all of that and that was really saddening to see because you see these women also at the forefront um and like being like activists and then you see all this like sexual violence that's occurring against like women farmers and laborers um so that was also very saddening in terms of like real versus fake media i've heard that a lot of journalists are being censored as well and that many have gone missing and there's also an internet shutdown Yes, so currently they have um, the internet cut at all the borders where the farmers are residing right now. And um, it's actually terrifying just the fact that they're cutting away the internet. They are arresting journalists. It's almost like they're trying to cover up what's happening. They don't want the world to see the injustices that are occurring right now. And it reminds me a lot of what happened in 1984 in Delhi itself when they okay so back then there weren't there wasn't internet there wasn't the facilities that we have right now to be able to like spread news to the world but they did the same thing they would cut the radios they didn't want people to see what's happening and to this day they continue to deny what happened in 1984 and it's heartbreaking I think it's also really heartbreaking because this isn't something that's just been happening against like Sikhs or Punjabis. Like even in 2019, a similar thing happened in Kashmir. Um, And then also parts of Delhi when there was this controversial citizenship law. So that was also very disheartening because then it's like you can't get updates on the outside world as a protester and nor can they get their voice out to the rest of the world. So what can our listeners do to help support farmers in India and help bring out silenced voices? So what I want to say is that the best way that you can help is continue to spread awareness, especially since we're not in India right now, so we can't protest with them. But it is important to be aware if there's any rallies near you to try and go and support. Also, um, just reposting anything that um, teaches people about what's going on and just to continue talking about it, keeping the discussion going. There's even... um, phone banks. Um, There's a Twitter account called Ikta Movement that does a phone bank. They call up um, different Congress people every day that may be near you in America. And they even have a script of everything you can say to get them to condemn what's happening in India, to condemn the actions of the government and Delhi police. And it's actually very important because this gets people to talk about it. People know. We want people to continue to be aware of what's happening. For sure. I think it's so important to find ways to be part about the protest. And I know you yourself held a car rally in Edison. So how was that experience? I was able to go to it a few weeks ago. And personally, I thought it was amazing to see all that support. Um, but how was it like coordinating it? And I know there's a lot of American police involved with the whole process. So how was that? 
It was actually amazing watching everyone come together. It would not be done unless the community came together and supported it. Um, we had it in Edison, which is a um, town that has a lot of Indians. And it's not just Punjabis. It's completely diverse. There's so many different people of different backgrounds. And my favorite part of like all of it was when we were driving i would see people coming out of their houses to see what's happening coming out of the stores there were actually people in cars driving by us who were recording us and just like they weren't even like angry they were like putting their fists up in support like it was amazing watching this all happen and just knowing that everybody was coming together aware of like how we need to stand together and fight for all of this together for sure. I remember like driving past like some sort of complex with a lot of Indian stores. And in general, Edison's known for being the hub of a lot of Indian people. Even when I go to school in California and I introduce myself like I'm from New Jersey, everyone assumes I'm from Edison and I find that very funny. Um, but yeah, I thought this was the most perfect place to have something like this because it's like when you have that solidarity within yourselves as Indians, um, only then you can get your voice heard and people like Rihanna and other Greta Thunberg will hear about these things too. But now that we've talked a little bit about these amazing protests and car rallies that have been, ha- been happening like internationally as well, let's transition, I guess, a little back into the health aspect of the farmers' protests. So we see already that according to the Farmers' Union, the numbers are that 163 protesters have gone missing and at least 147 have died due to the course of the month-long protests from a range of causes like suicide, road accidents, and mostly exposure to the cold weather because it is really cold cold in India now, especially on the streets of Delhi. Um, And even before the protests happened, farmers' suicide rates have always been really high in India, way before this protest due to other reasons. Um, But just to add on to the cold weather thing, there were 60 deaths in 40 days, um, and this was recorded on January 4th. That's a lot, and that was all due to the cold weather. Like, people were found in their tents just, like, dead from being frozen at night which is very saddening to see that there's not enough resources and they're still risking their lives out there to stay in this cold weather so they can protest yeah my heart honestly sits with them just because a lot of these people were also so old and they spent their last days fighting for this and they spent their last days living in tents they should have been around their family they should have been around the warmth but instead they were being Taking, their livelihoods were basically being compromised that they had to fight for this and I respect them so much and 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 just to add on to that like these protests are so peaceful they're just there they're not doing anything to cause violence and it sucks because then there's an opposition that comes in to start all this violence and then the doctors who are there to help people in this cold weather from getting things like hypertension and heart attacks due to the cold weather those doctors are being attacked and it's not just the doctors that are being attacked but it's also just protesters these this non-violent protest this peaceful protest is turning into something non-violent because of like just opposition to what they're doing which i is so unfair to see um, especially when they're already so affected by these farming bills and now there's this addition to it even the mental health of a lot of the people not even like 
just the people who were there but like those people who have lived through 1984 those who have lived through this happening to them before and watching it happen again is it must be so hard for them we have grown up learning about like the things that have happened in the past and now for us like the younger generation to watch it be happening in front of us is so hard especially during a pandemic where we're not able to help as much as we could be but i'm honestly very proud of how much people have been stepping up with like the resources that we do have right now and it's very it's amazing definitely and especially with what you brought up with like the older generations having having sat through 84 i know like even like some grandparents have seen 47 which was even more like insane and i think especially due to that there is this idea of trauma and intergenerational trauma and there was an account um, brown girl therapy and they have a whole post on that and i think just thinking about that mental toll that it can have on someone i didn't realize that the farmers protest had that much of a mental toll on me until i read that and i was like wait i feel it now like i felt it but i didn't really like amount it to that and that was really important to read because then i was like it's okay like it's taking a mental toll on a lot of people so social media in that sense has been very helpful and highly recommend that post as well so as um what people have been talking about recently is how the rate of suicide in farmers has been very high within what's happening even before what's happening even before the bills it was already very high and it's actually not even Punjab that had the highest rate of suicide in farmers it's Maharashtra which I think is so important for people to realize because they keep turning it into a Punjabi or religion thing when it's actually Maharashtrians who are also included it's farmers all over the country and with these bills it's just going to make things worse and harder for them just to add on to that like you can see that there's this huge mental toll for example with the farming bills there was a recorded 65 suicides that just happened because of those bills passed but be even before that there the high number of rates have been because of debt which is huge it's hard to keep up financially with the economy in india when like agriculture isn't supported or the infrastructure isn't in place properly in place economically there's also low produce prices. That's a reason, listed as one of the highest reasons for um, suicide. Alcohol addiction, environment, stress, and family responsibilities were also listed up there, which is very interesting. Um, and then right after that list, it's apathy, poor irrigation, increased cost of cultivation, private money lenders, and chemical fertilizers, and crop failure. So some of these things like you can't really control like droughts, but then irrigation systems can be in place to fix that. I know Punjab has specifically been, um, from my knowledge, has been something that has been um, a problem there. Um, and then it's just sad because it's so hard to like keep up like and make grow all these crops because it's expensive to do that and then because produce prices are low and now these laws make it even more low everything is just very hard um, for farmers to just keep up with and laborers and it's honestly really sad watching this all happen too just like the fact that a lot of these farmers they deserve more resources they deserve more help and instead of all that the government is just giving more money to the corporations they want these bigger people to get more and they continue to take away from farmers laborers the hard-working class and it's heartbreaking watching the suicide rate being so high just thinking about how they thought that this was their last resort like they couldn't do anything help else because they weren't getting the help that they so de badly deserved and needed yeah 
and I just wish there was a way for them to get some sort of help at least with like mental health services or some sort of medical help as well especially for those at the border it's so sad that like the doctors that are there being attacked like it still doesn't sit right with me um and then this is all during COVID and I'm sure that's brought it their own set of problems with like laborers and like getting all these crops cultivated so this is just really saddening to see and I think it's great to end I guess with a more positive note that there can be things that uh, we do as people in a different country as younger generations to help with things like the farmers protest um, and to stand up for them Um, and I think one of them is just showing solidarity like the car rally that like I attended that you coordinated was amazing to see that solidarity I know in California on the Bay Bridge there was a huge rally as well um, where they surrounded like the Indian embassy and had something there Um, and I think just keep on like bringing the solidarity and then we'll get more of our voices heard. I would just say just continue to spread awareness keep talking about it a lot of these farmers have said that they won't be leaving they won't stop protesting until the bills are repealed and Imagine they're living through horrible conditions and they still have all this um, perseverance. They continue to strive through all of this and we are in our homes. So just speaking up is the bare minimum. Thank you so much, Ishana, for joining us on our podcast today. If you haven't checked out her Instagram already, go follow at Core Key Power on Instagram to stay caught up with the latest updates on the farmers' protest in India and to find ways to help. I have to say that your posts are really informative and I've learned so much from them for this episode itself, and I hope our listeners do as well. Thank you for tuning in to our third Brown Girl Health podcast and keeping up with us by following us on Instagram and Twitter and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Once again, our Instagram handle is at brown.girl.health and our Twitter handle is BGH Tweets. See you next time.